Humanity's Moment of Choice here on the Convergence Series on Voice America, a program brought to you by the Evolutionary Leaders at evolutionaryleaders.net, a project of the Source of Synergy Foundation. This is your Voice America host, Dr. Kurt Johnson. This feature is entitled Humanity's Moment of Choice, Awakening to Humanity's Sacred Mission and is based on an online four-day program, an international symposium and call to action by thought leaders and activists from around the world. That good news for all you listeners is evergreen and can be enjoyed online, ongoing, 24-7 on demand at the link that is in the description of this broadcast at the Voice America show page where you just joined us for this program. And to tell you here as well, that link to the International Symposium and Call to Action is at unity.earth. That's unity.earth at the events icon drop-down menu right at the top, Symposium 2024. And at that page, Symposium 2024, just click on Watch Now, and the banners for listening to the program are right there. So it's like a menu, and you can revisit this important and inspiring program as much as you like, 24-7 on demand. So we have with us today Ben Bowler, a key planner of the symposium and call to action, and John Raymer, the key planner for the day four of the symposium, which was the interactive sessions for the takeaways from this inspiring event. And we're also joined by six participants in the event who are going to share their takeaways and inspirations from the symposium. Bios for all of these guests are at the Voice America show page as well. And I'll be introducing the discussion group when they come on later in the program. Now, the makeup of the discussion group has happened rather ad hoc or unplanned and that they are all regular attendees of a weekly meeting where activists and thought leaders gather to exchange about their work under the auspices of prosocial.world. And if you go to prosocial.world, you'll see that it's a huge network, principally of scientists and educator activists. So just those details before we start, because it also explains our lack of gender balance since the group was drawn simply from those who had attended the most recent gathering. So with that as introduction, let's go directly now to our first guest. So first is Ben Bowler, Executive Director of Unity Earth and Unity Earth TV, and a central planner of the symposium. We should be able to get a direct feel for the content of this amazing four-day online program from Ben. And then we'll have John Raymer, founder of One World, The Compassion Games, and The Sign Network, which was also a broadcaster of the program. So we'll have a foundation for discussing the takeaways from this international event, especially because John co-hosted the fourth day interactive sessions where symposium participants discussed just that, their harvestings, their takeaways, and their plans for the future. So let's start with Ben Bowler. So Ben, tell us all about the symposium and the international call to action. 
Hello, Dr. Kurt Johnson. It's great to be back with you on Voice America and uh, wonderful to see, you know, this particular series devoted to our moment of choice. And uh, thank you for the opportunity to reflect a little bit further on the amazing symposium with uh, these wonderful panelists you've put forward here today. Uh, the symposium took place uh, across the Lunar New Year, February 9 to 11, the first three sessions, and then February 18th was the harvest session, which John's going to speak about in detail uh, a little later. But those first uh, three sessions, those first three days, uh, really was the beginning of the year of the dragon. And so when this was first proposed, what back in about October 2023, it was in discussions, Kurt, that you were in uh, with the with Light on Light uh, and, of course, Irvin Laszlo following the publication uh, of the book, The Great Upshift. And the conversation, the desire from Irvin Laszlo was to have a probably more of an academic type event, um, but around this idea of humanity's sacred mission. And it was a very resonant theme. And we went on that theme really powered so much of what unfolded across the, the whole week of the symposium. Um, one of the things that really, I think, re reflecting on it that was unique and different and, uh, and innovative about this was all these different organizations came together in a way to really be that synergy, that coherence, that collaboration that we're all wanting to participate more in and to experiment more with. Um, of course, we talk a lot about cohesiveness, cohesion, collaboration, synergy, all these beautiful terms, which are really referring to how organizations, individuals and platforms can better produce, create together, uh, working in a synergistic harmony. And the beautiful thing about this symposium was it really was a tremendous example of being that, being that synergy we want to see in the world, being that collaboration we want to see in the world. For the last several years, Unity Earth has run symposium symposia uh, in World Interfaith Harmony Week, which is the first week of February, um, as, as part of our kind of context setting for the year or setting the, the themes for, for the year. And those themes have run through then into World Unity Week and the 99 days and all the way through to Peace Week uh, for the last several years. So this was an opportunity to do it a bit differently uh, and to really say, okay, let's not make it necessarily a Unity Earth Symposium, but let's do it all together. And so there was so much of it that was collaborative. Um, selecting the name of the symposium was something that actually took a few months. And uh, we used tools for people to vote on and ultimately came out with Awakening to Humanity's Sacred Mission and International Symposium and Call to Action. And it's a long name, but there's a lot in there. And it was it really beautifully you know, held a lot of the essence of what this was all about. The other thing that happened, which was very edifying, was many of the partners stepped forward straight away as financial contributors. And part of the reason this was important was there was a really clear intention from, from us when we took this on to make sure that we reached people that had not been a part of our community. You know, we talk about getting outside the choir or getting outside beyond the walls of our community. It's so important, but it's easier said than done, right? So part of that was we wanted a budget to really create a campaign to get people from outside of the community. And I want to thank the primary sponsor of Purpose Earth um, who supported the whole administration and execution of the event. But then those partners which stepped forward as financial sponsors, Good of the Whole, Sign Network, Light on Light, Kurt, you organization behind uh, this as well, Source of Synergy, um, Unity Earth and the Connection Field all put money in. And the reason that's important is because, again, it's demonstrating 
by commitment, a shared commitment that we're in this together. This isn't belonging to this group or that group. Yes, we were all responding to Irvin Laszlo's call to Humanity's Sacred Mission, and that was the organizing principle. With that money, for about six or $7,000, we were able to construct an advertising campaign and reach, we ended up with about 2,500 people who registered, and uh, I'd say more than half of them uh, were people that were outside of our community. So I think that was a really big step for us, and the symposium was generally well attended. We had 200 to 270 people in uh, each of the six sessions, the first six sessions, um, and there was... The other thing that was innovative about it was, was some amazing and, uh, and creative engagement tools. From the very beginning, we all said, and John was a big voice in this, but it was really we were all there together saying, let's do this differently. Let's not just have speakers, but let's dedicate equal time to unpacking what's been shared and engaging and mobilizing, giving people a call to action, giving people an opportunity to respond to what the visionary voices, the speakers, were sharing and putting out there as their own life's work, as their own personal humanity sacred mission and how people could engage and connect to that. Um, and then also opportunities for people to dive a little deeper into their own callings and their own sacred missions. So those engagement sessions were were extraordinary following the visionary voices. So it all together was a really beautiful whole constructed of those kind of broadly speaking two hemispheres each of the six sessions had. We had 50 plus, you know, global thought leaders uh, in in evolutionary um, kind of uh, edge of where we're going from business to environment to society organizing to money and a whole range of uh, and governance. There was a whole range of fields of topics that were covered. Um, people representing Global Citizen Foundation all the way to extraordinary speakers like John Cobb, who was celebrating his 99th birthday during the symposium. Um, incredible. In fact, if, if I just call out one of those six sessions, just to give you an idea of the sort of diversity of each of them, the final session of that uh, Lunar New Year weekend was called Bringing It Home, and it featured the artist Kristen Hoffman, uh, the theologian John Cobb, the activist or activist uh, Dr. Marty K. Casey, uh, the entrepreneur in connection collaboration Adam Apollo, uh, a global diplomatic thought leader in Jonathan Granoff and a beautiful uh, New Earth musician, Omar Shah. So these were all in one session. That's just one out of six sessions, just to give you a bit of an idea, flavor of the depth of the diversity of the, of the scope that was covered. And then into each of those engagement sessions was facilitated by a different partner or set of partners of the symposium. So session one, two, three, four, five, and six, each, each, each of those engagement sessions was held slightly differently, um, but beautifully by people stepping forward to own it. So just in beginning to close those comments, Kurt, one of the things I think that was a real shining, beautiful thing about this event was that everybody who wanted to play a role was able to come in and there were many, many different roles to play from being kind of an initiator like you were, Kurt Johnson, um, Deborah Moldo and the others, all the way through, you know, obviously Irvin Laszlo's original inspiration, but those visionary voices that came forward, the partner organizations, the sponsors, then those who facilitated the engagement sessions. There were those who linked transition segments, beautiful four or five minute transition segments from one uh, part of the program to the next part of the program. 
Uh, Dr. Julie Krull did a beautiful job at the start of each program, synthesizing what had happened before it. When you put it all together and the broadcast out through Hubcast, our partners at Unify, I mean, there is such a big field here and everybody was doing their thing and had a certain ownership or stewardship over their role. John will talk about the brilliant uh, Harvest Day that was on Sunday, the 18th of February. So everyone had their role. Everyone had their contribution. Everyone owned their piece. Um, and yet it was part of this rather beautiful integrated whole which unfolded with all of those beautiful intentions and good works um, you know without charles betterton connecting us to john cobb we wouldn't have had john cobb there as a presenter so every little strand went in to make the tapestry uh, that was and is the awakening to humanity humanity's sacred mission uh, symposium and call to action so thank you for this opportunity to reflect on it uh, kurt and very much looking forward to what john's sharing one of the the, the beautiful things about it as well was the use of Mentimeter. So being able to have those real time polls, quizzes, we had a lot of fun. There was interactive. People were able to share in real time what they're experiencing, either with one word or one paragraph answers. And then, of course, the, the magnificent um, follow up forms and harvest that uh, John Raymer led. When you put it all together, it was uh, it was a beautiful jewel. Thank you very much, Kurt, for giving us a chance to reflect on the symposium. Yeah, so Ben, so thank you so much. That was just so great to hear. So let's go over now now to John Raymer, who, as we said, was a principal planner of the symposium and also was the co-host of that day four of the event, which was the interactive sessions where participants discussed their takeaways and also their plans for the future. So, John, tell us all about uh, your experience. Well, that fourth day, the seeds were planted in exactly what Ben was talking about, and you were there, Kurt, as we would put this all together. We said we're going to do things differently. And it's not a surprise that we had a different result. But it was reflective in all the steps along the way, which was really key. As we know, how we are with each other, the way we do these things together matters as much as what we're doing with each other. And what was remarkable was a mirror. We created a way to actually listen and see the feedback. So the design was different in that we put equal measure to the engagement. And like Ben was just talking about, we put the tool so there was real-time feedback as well as reflective feedback. So reflective feedback was a more detailed survey that had seven, uh, 19 questions that we asked people to fill out afterwards. But while the event was happening itself, we use the real-time feedback to, in some cases, shape how we would do the engagement. And we were able to ask questions. We were able to do quizzes like that, but then take those answers, summarize those answers. And that's one of the things that, frankly, the, the situation we're in is so perilous. We really do need all the intelligence we could get. And this was a spectrum of intelligences, sacred intelligence, the creative intelligence, the idea of collective intelligence, and that was supported by what we did with AI. That was really what was one of the things that the truth is, if we would have tried to sum up everything that happened, the quantitative analysis stuff, that's easy. But it's the qualitative, it's that kind of feedback. I mean, what we could have done, what we would have done without an AI assist, we could have put all the answers on post-its and tried to group them all together thematically and do some kind of content analysis. 
AI is built particularly well for this. And we were discovering, we treated this whole event as a journey and a, a chance to really learn. So one of the questions we put forward was, okay, well, what gifts did you receive from the symposium? I thought it might be good for our listeners just to hear. We took all those different answers and synthesized them and then asked ChatGBT for a summary. And here's the summary we got. There's four paragraphs. It says, emerging from the symposium is a collective gift of unprecedented scope, a fusion of sacred wisdom, familial bonds, and the empowering embrace of technology. This event has catalyzed a vibrant global community, emboldened by the promise of hope, unity, and collaborative action towards a more compassionate world. Participants have been imbued with a sense of purpose, connection, and the courage to drive historical change, underscored by the establishment of networks and teams dedicated to nurturing the seeds of future transformations. Together, we've unlocked infinite possibilities, embraced our roles as custodians of the new earth, and celebrated the formation of enduring heart connections all contributing to a shared vision of prosperity, respect for diversity, and the flourishing of sacred missions. Now, here's the part that the listeners may not be able to appreciate, because those are really nice words. But when we shared those words, the people that were there said, oh my gosh, that's exactly what we were experiencing. That is remarkable. And that we have that kind of capability to us in the way we are convening from this point going forward. There's a new line that's been drawn, a new standard of performance. We were able to use on Zoom the AI companion, so there's smart recordings that can go back and with the use of this kind of intelligence, identify highlights so people can use their time to see the really key parts that we can identify those parts, smart chapters, all these new tools. It could seem like it's all raining down on us and it's challenging to say the least but it's also inspiring. So I was affirmed in my hope and actually prayers that somehow humanity would be able to articulate a sacred mission and actually get on with doing it. And that was the big takeaway for me that, my gosh, and I could share more, as you know, there's a lot more to share, but I'll pause here to just say thank you. Thank you again to you and the earth, the inspiration from Irvin to you, Kurt, for your leadership in all this that we were able to actually witness that together. To this day now, a week after, people keep telling me every day, oh my God, we have the upshift has begun. We are moving. There is no stopping us now. Yeah, and thank you so much. So Ben, you know, we got a couple more minutes here. Anything you'd like to say back before we round out uh, this first segment? Yeah, beautiful. That was beautiful and inspiring. And, you know, uh, deep bows to John Raymer for the uh, vision and the execution on pulling together that you know, the deep desire to do it in a different way and to use the tools to help us do it in a way that we haven't done it before. You know, as uh, Haile Selassie said, if we want to get somewhere we haven't been before, we've got to become something we haven't been before. So I think this process of the symposium was us becoming something we hadn't been before. And I want to honor the artists the musicians, every session had incredible music, had incredible speakers, great facilitators. It was the best of us coming together in our best possible light 
um, as a collective, which we've talked about and we've written about and we've dreamed about and we've prophesized about since history began. But this was another great example of us doing it. And I think the more we do it, um, like anything in life, the better we get, the more we learn. And uh, we learn by doing. Was it perfect? No, it wasn't perfect. But it was perfect in the sense that we learned a great deal and we collectively created a great deal of value and that everybody had their ownership in that. So just to, again, um, it was great to see Irvin Laszlo dancing there in the final harvest session with, with John's wife, Summer Joy. You know, and I think for, for him, it was a great edifying moment. And that was our intention. We wanted this to be something that would tick the box for Irvin, not necessarily in the form of what he wanted as a symposium, but in the essence of calling us to humanity's sacred mission. And so it was in the essence that this was on it. And then where it takes us from here, nobody's got it all figured out. John's first one to say, I don't know where we're going, where, where it's taking us. But I think, you know, that's true, but we're going together. And we're going together and we're going to continue to learn and we're going to continue to show up. So thank you again, John. Thank you, Kurt. And thank you, everyone uh, who's played such a critical yeah. role in it. Kurt, here's one more quick takeaway. How about that? Real sure. quick. Question. Yeah. How has the symposium influenced your perspective on humanity's sacred mission? The symposium has strengthened our collective resolve, highlighting our interconnectedness and shared dedication to humanity's sacred mission, inspiring a unified movement towards creating a more compassionate, sustainable world. It underscored the importance of collaboration and personal commitment empowering participants with a renewed sense of purpose and the belief that together we can affect transformative change. Well, John Raymer and Ben Bowler, thank you so much. What a great start. So as everybody knows here that this uh, series, Humanity's Moment of Choice, is based on the Gold Nautilus Award-winning book from the evolutionary leaders, Our Moment of Choice, Evolutionary Visions, and Hope for the Future. So let's take a short break now and listen to this message about that book and its thought leaders from the publisher of this moment of choice, Beyond Words, Simon & Schuster. Hello, this is Richard Cohn, publisher of Beyond Words. We are very honored to be partnering with Simon & Schuster and the Synergy Foundation to bring you a new thought-provoking book for these challenging times. It is called Our Moment of Choice, and it features 43 of the world's most well-known spiritual thinkers, offering practical solutions to the most pressing problems of our time, from economic inequality and social injustice to climate change and spiritual disconnection. Deepak Chopra offers his thoughts on how our inherent wholeness is not a choice, while Greg Braden suggests that we can change our world by first realizing that none of us are separate from each other. Lynn McTaggart investigates the link between altruism and self-healing. Michael Bernard Beckwith, Bruce Lipton, and many others share their thoughts on moving forward in ways that expand our consciousness and benefit the global community. Our moment of choice calls on us all to be the co-creators of a just, unified, peaceful, and thriving world. The time has come for all humanity to be united in purpose. This is our call to action. 
This is our collective moment of choice upon which our future depends. You can purchase your copy today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Beyond Words, or your local independent bookstore. Welcome back to Humanity's Moment of Choice on Voice America. You've been listening to Ben Bowler and John Raymer sharing about the message of Awakening to Humanity's Sacred Mission, an international symposium and call to action, which is evergreen and available for you to listen to 24-7 on demand at unity.earth at the event icon there at Symposium 2024. So our next set of guests are a group of attendees to the International Symposium who will be sharing their takeaways from this important international event. As noted up front in the program, this group is drawn from a weekly planning gathering of activists and thought leaders who gather for discussions at the online pro-social commons of prosocial.world. And I'll be introducing each of them one by one as we proceed to get their comments and complete bios for all of them are at the Voice America show page where you just joined us for this program. So what we decided to do was to introduce this session by using an additional information asset from John Raymer, who has just uh, been with us on our previous segment. Now, John happened to ask artificial intelligence for a succinct summary of the success of the event. And the response was so useful that we decided to ask John to share it with us to kick off this second segment. And then I'll introduce each of our guests in sequence. So welcome back to John Raymer. Share with us what artificial intelligence had to say about the symposium. So John? Yep, all right. So here's this a little different question. We got over 108 responses to the question, what aspect of the symposium was most impactful for you? And we summarize all the different answers and here's what we learned. The most impactful aspect of the symposium for participants was the profound sense of global unity and collective consciousness, evidenced by the diverse and inclusive engagement of thought leaders, visionaries, and attendees from around the world. This gathering served as a powerful reminder of humanity's shared mission towards spiritual development sustainability, and the transformative power of collaboration and inclusivity in driving positive change. Yeah, John, thanks so much. So let's go now to each of our next six guests, asking them to comment on their takeaways from the symposium, especially as they may have to do with important work that each of them are doing. So we're going to start with Dr. Joni Carley. Reverend Dr. Joni Carley is the author of The Alchemy of Power, Mastering the Invisible Factors of Leadership. In her writing, speaking, and consulting practice, Dr. Joni addresses the impact of intangible elements like values, culture, and consciousness on outcomes. She has a long history of leadership in visionary consciousness-related programs and committees, ranging from her local transition town to the United Nations. She's also an ordained interfaith minister. Joni leads and participates in community, regional, and global spiritual celebrations. So, Joni, 
Oh, thank you for having me here today. And thank you guys for putting on the symposium. John, it really was an upshift. And Ben, I'm just glad to hear you talk about the year of the dragon, because for me, that fire breathing element really stood out. I saw the symposium as a beacon for the, the, the kind of rising transformative fire that's been burning brighter and brighter in more and more hearts all over the world. The symposium was a fire we could sit around for a new conversation. And it also stoked that inner fires in our bellies, you know, that what I think of as mojo, that spark of spirit that makes life live. That it's, it's that inner fire that burns uniquely in each of us and the same for all of us. And you gathered us there. When we come together in sacred purpose, our inner fires galvanize our consciousness, just like hot fire galvanizes metal into new things. And in that process, we're changed. And so is the world. The symposium helped us tap into the metaphysical fire of love to forge new ways of being one earth family. And just like a metalsmith uses fire to forge metals into jewelry and blades, we were reminded that it's time to use our inner fire to melt down the sharp edges and to meld separations so humanity can unite in new ways. And John and Ben and, and the whole team, you guys are such pioneers and wayfinders and leaders in uniting us as a global family. And Kurt, I, I just say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. In a way, the programs like the symposium are, are like fire lines. When forest fires are fighting fires, they lie, they uh, clear everything in a perimeter around the border of the fire that's wider than the perimeter of the fire. And then when the fire reaches those man-made perimeters, it doesn't have anything to feed on there. And so it either burns itself out or it makes a big jump. And I think gatherings like the symposium and all the things that sign and Unity Earth and our big network of networks do are not only helping us contain that destructive fire, they're also sparking a new fire, a fire that's fueled by love. And gatherings like these are helping to fuel a new fire with the kind of dignity, the kind of compassion, the kind of joy, the deep wisdom, and the intellectual brilliance that we experienced at the symposium. The nature of fire is that it doesn't just transform, it transmutes. It alters the very nature and the substance of what it touches. And these times call for more than transformation. They call for the fire of transmutation. It's just like the fire works in a, in a forest fire. It's renewal. It's a natural part of the forest renewal. What it does is it transmutes the forest back to basic elements from which all things are possible again. In other words, the elements are dispersed and transmuted by the fire, and they absolutely will cohere again in new ways. That's the way. So we're living in a time when we need to reshuffle the elements of our social and economic structures, and we need to restructure them in harmony with life and in harmony with the elements of our internal fire. And that's fueled by ethics and creativity and truth-seeking and spirituality and love, the kind of things that the symposium just got to again and again and again in more and more powerful ways. We need to weave the warp of our souls with the waft of that golden thread of divine love that we talked about so much uh, over the, the symposium. Because the light of our souls is what illuminates our consciousness. And coming together to explore humanity's sacred mission, 
what that did was it, it created a coherence of consciousness. And that is as powerful as power gets because consciousness is causal. Primarily, primally, consciousness is causal. And in coming together in a time like that, the, the, the firepower of consciousness cohering and, and galvanizing is, is it does touch the world. The symposium lit a torch. It lit that torch with the power of a new fire, and that torch is helping us forge a new paradigm. And I like the image of a torch because it's not a flag, because what we're talking about is one world citizenship, and that's a dynamic thing. And I like the image of a torch, too, because um, it represents the emergent global impulse that, that wants to transform these sovereign, uh, transcend these sovereign boundaries that divide us into political territories. We think of those territories as countries and that they mean something, and they do in some ways. But coming together like we did during the symposium, it, it's a torch that lights the path that knows no division. It's a torch that represents the spark of spirit that animated the first big breath of the universe and that continues to weave in, around, and through all of us as a golden thread. And may that light of peace prevail on Earth. Wow, Joni, thank you so much. That was so, so insightful and inspiring. So actually, next is our colleague, Charles Betterton. And Charles is executive director for the Living Earth Movement and works closely with Dr. John Cobb on his many ecological civilization initiatives. And as you'll see from Charles's bio at the Voice America show page, he's been working with diverse transformational leaders, organizations, and communities for over 50 years. So Charles. Thank you, Kerr Johnson and John Raymer for this extraordinary opportunity. It truly was radical collaboration that brought us together, right? And a lot of that Joni keep talking about the fires, and it was John Raymer stoking that fire almost every day with greater opportunities to connect and to enhance and to love and to care. And it was the whole extraordinary experience was due to the leadership of Ben Bowler and Erwin Laszlo and so many other key players that brought us all together. And the, the findings that John has helped harvest with his amazing extraordinary capacities are beyond anything I've ever experienced. Like all of you, I've probably been to a thousand programs and events. And it's always a struggle to remember, what did I do? What did we learn? Who did I connect with? This is the first time I've ever come home with more than I actually could have experienced in a physical setting for three and a half days based on the way in which the programs were presented, the interaction, it was just phenomenal. I even brought my two children online. This is what this is what I did. And those findings were rich because it's the person that I want to be is described in those findings and the community that I want to be a part of and the contributions I want to make the rest of my life were described in those descriptions. When John Cobb and I sat down for the first time to look at the whole concept, we thought, well, you know, yes, it's sacred mission for all of us. It's a little bit of a spiritual commission, too. And so we started looking at what can we do, looking to answer the main questions that Erwin asked in the beautiful two-minute video. We developed a list, and we shared that with all of the Cobb organizations and invited them to engage. About a dozen of them did participate in the symposium, and we're continuing to act upon those initiatives. When we got to the point in the harvest session, it became apparent the partners started talking about gathering. I think that's already happened to look at action steps. Where do we go from here? 
And I was inspired in that moment to buy a couple domain names that I loved, RadicalCollaboralAction.com and CollaboraAction.Earth. And I offer those for the good of the whole, for the common good, one of uh, John Cobb's 50 book titles. And in, in the meantime, John, I'm going to forward those automatically to guess where? OneWorld.Earth. Where else could they go? Because that's the field of the magic creation that's happening. So for me, the experience was further validation. I really appreciated the alignment with our little Earth Steward Airship whole line project that encompasses spirit, service, sustainability, conscious sustainability, and stewardship. So grateful for the opportunity. Appreciate being part of the Monday gathering and the privilege of being here and looking forward to next steps. Thank you very much, Kurt and John and community. Wow, Charles. Yeah, thank you so much. Wow. So next is Stan Pachris, and Stan is the founder of Other Networks, which you can find at othernetworks.org. And Other Networks tracks the work of hundreds of transformational organizations all around the world. And Stan is also the co-host of the After Chat for Dr. Jim Garrison's amazing online series, Humanity Rising, from Ubiquity University, which I'm sure most of us are familiar with. So Stan, over to you. Yes, thank you, Kurt, for inviting me, and John and Ben for creating an interesting and um, deep kind of event. Um, my concerns are how do we document these kinds of events so that their permanence continues to grow, their utility continues to grow. And that's why I publish other networks. It's designed to hold information about the people and the organizations that are doing things in the world. And to that end, we published every single episode of Humanity Rising, We an, an index that, that uh, can be searched for every single word in the titles of the episodes on Humanity Rising. The nature of this community, which includes these amazing people. Um, one of my favorites, of course, is the leader of Humanity Rising, Jim Garrison, who has a, a wide perspective on what's going on in the world and shares that every day at the beginning of each episode of Humanity Rising. In addition to that, those words of wisdom that Jim shares every day are being transcribed by Shannon MacArthur in what she calls Jim's Nuggets, and you can find a printout of um, printout a, a, a text of Jim's words and and um, that Shannon compiles each day. The next steps I would like to see happen includes the construction of a global calendar. The evidence that was brought forth by this symposium of humanity's purposes, and I, I see humanity's purposes taking care of each other and taking care of the planet. So it's not as flowery as other people speak of it that way, but that's, that's my take on it. How do we take care of the planet and how do we take care of each other? And which is why some people I know call me Mr. Helpfulness. 
because we need to be engaged in helping each other and those people that we don't know, people that obviously are uh, stuck in the world without enough support. The calendar I would like to see happen would allow any and all organizations that want to share what they're going to be doing for the rest of the world to see. And it would give an opportunity for those organizations to plan their interrelated efforts without stepping on each other's toes in terms of time. And um, I think it would take a, a marvelous application of, autom of intelligence, the kind of um, automated intelligence that's now coming into practice where people can use it to make sure that we all can get to all the events we want to go to because they're not happening at the same time. The other part of it, of course, is to let people plan what they're going to participate in. And um, each one of us should be able to get a customized calendar of our interests based on the fantastically fine-tuned um, effort of artificial intelligence to give us access to the things that we want to go to without <clears throat> not miss, without missing things. So I think that's all I need to say. I need to uh, invite people to send me, send other networks, the uh, names of your programs and pro progress projects and the URLs that make those things happen. And um, we'll be emulating my uh, the the thing that I'm I'm honoring, which is called the Whole Earth Catalog, and we want to have a Whole Earth Catalog of people, and that's what other networks is for. Thank you, sir. Great, Stan. Thank you so much. It is an amazing mm -hmm. service that you give by tracking all of these organizations and their activities. And people remember, you can get to Stan at othernetworks.org. So next is John Clausen. And John has been described as a catalytic agent for cultural transformation. And his three E's are education, evolution, and eco-villages. More specifically, consciousness-based education, conscious cultural evolution, and spiritual communities that are embodying ecological values. Organizationally, John works with and through the Hygieia Foundation for Health, Science, and Environment, which he founded in 1977, and also Gaia Education, and the really wonderful and well-known Findhorn community in Scotland. So, John. Thank you, Kurt, and everyone. It's hard to find things to add to all the brilliance that's been shared. And I do have to acknowledge, again, the great wisdom and depth of insight that was so eloquently shared in the symposium. And I especially appreciated the quality of wholeness in the symposium, the ways that spirit, mind, heart, and body were all active and present, even on Zoom. There, there are so many ways I could respond to all this amazing input. But I think I'll use my time to talk briefly about how my community, the Findhorn community in Eco Village in Scotland, is part of the practical and embodied aspect of awakening to humanity's sacred mission. For example, 
Our vision for over 60 years has been, quote, a radically transformed world where all humanity embodies the sacred. We honor each other and co-create wisely and lovingly with all life. Our mission, transformative learning that serves the world by actively living and sharing our spiritual practices every day. For example, listening to the sacred within, co-creating with the intelligence of nature, and work as love in action. Our purpose, to personally and collectively activate and embody the sacred every day. This is all 100% aligned with the purpose of the symposium. We're a living, dynamic, practical experiment, building and seeking to demonstrate in physical form what's possible by working together with intention. We seek to create and hold spaces that are caring for the soul, places of beauty, where we learn and practice the healing power of love. To be visionary, vital, vibrant, and viable on this earth, a center of love and light, a center of fiery hope. And we're now integrating our global community into the local community. And what you're modeling is very much um, instructive for us. I could go on and on, but really need to stop here in the interest of time so I can end with a comment about balance and integration. I'm always mindful of Carl Jung's adage, the stronger the light, the bigger the shadow. It's so important to bring awareness and acceptance to our individual and collective blind spots, and it's just not easy. In trying to embody these values in a practical way on in a day-to-day -day basis in community, we inevitably trigger less than ideal behaviors that are aspects of our humanity and our ego. Dealing effectively with these challenges is an essential part of the transformation we're all dedicated to. But that's the subject for another symposium. Thank you. Yeah, John, thank you. And thank you for being a part of the amazing legacy that is the Findhorn community. So next is Kurt Kruger. And Kurt's a founder of the Peace Lab and an educator who's well known for his work on peace and well-being. And a well-known quote from Kurt is, because I believe total peace is possible, I am called to be peace in a way that excites in others their vision of peace, resulting in uniting as a powerful force in creating peace in everything, everything with peace. So, Kurt, over to you. Thank you so much for being able to be present with us right now in this incredible exhibition of what we got from the symposium. And it was all cosmically planned, if you can imagine a cosmos that plans things. The year of the rabbit with these the Chinese astrology is the year of the wooden rabbit, which is a little bit different. The wooden rabbit it is of uh, not rabbit, excuse me, wooden dragon. The wooden dragon is the symbol of powerful change and wisdom. And that's exactly what was offered in this symposium. And it came forth from all levels of life. When you watch it and you 
allow yourself to get involved in it. For instance, right now you're listening with rapt attention to all these offerings that you've been given. The hard part of some of this is that some of the experience of the symposium was listening to music, and I don't quite have that right now, but maybe it'll play later. But we got to also get up and dance and to move with the music and to be able to get this body, which is all part of this cosmos and all part of peace, to be able to be an expression of peace, to be able to be fully alive in that that feeling that people wish they had all day instead of just the time when they meditate. The crazy thing I hear people talk about is we're going to meditate now, and then you do the meditation, says, okay, now we're going to, and wait a minute, why do you have to get out of meditation to continue the program? It's an insanity that some people have gotten used to, and there's reason to stay in it when you drive down the streets of Los Angeles or Bombay, I mean, excuse me, Mumbai, we get to pay close attention to what is present with us. And this is what was expressed so much, whether it was listening to the incredible poetry that was offered or the lyrics of the music that allowed us to go like, imagine there's no what? And we go into John Lennon's Imagine and the magic that that offered a whole generation. And this is a tempting prompt for young people because so many young people have not heard John Lennon's Imagine. And all the older people think everybody's heard. When we listen to the magic that each generation presents and offers, what is going to bring peace to life now in the generation that we have now? What can we do? The Peacemaker Circles and Network have videotapes of trainings. It's a 12-week program. Just like this was a so many day program, 12 weeks to be able to learn both physical things, mental things, and leadership to be able to change yourself, your family, your neighborhood, your community. And in doing that, what follows? The world. So, one of the great things is a person's reach should exceed his grasp, excuse me, the grasp, or what's the heaven for? It's a quote by Robert Browning that I updated to today. And what is our reach today? What are we reaching for? For us, it's peace in everything everything with peace. Thank you so much. Great, Kurt. Thank you. From one Kurt to another, thank you so much. And, and finally, too. <laughs> exactly. 
And so finally, then, our final commentator is David Curry. And David Curry is the author of For the Good of All Now, which describes a coherent, natural, four-turn path for humanity to navigate the major evolutionary transition to oneness. David has worked in community development for over 50 years, promoting the major transition that we are in today to Holos, to the fourth macro shift in the history of humankind. So, David. Thank you, uh, Kurt. And um, thank you, uh, Ben and John, for that incredible experience uh, that we had um, as a group together. Um, It really was inspiring. And um, I can't really add to the many words that have been said so beautifully about uh, the awakening experience. Um, One of the things that, that keeps coming up as a refrain that I keep hearing is music, right? So Einstein had this beautiful quotation that I'm going to mash up, but it it went something like, we all dance to the mysterious tune of a a distant piper. And we do. And that's what we were doing in this conference, in this symposium that we, we just held. We were all dancing to that tune. And we all had individual tunes but we were all dancing to a tune it was truly extraordinary um john clausen brought up the idea of the importance of place and this came through also in the conference so there were speakers who were representing geographic places and what they were doing in those places to change the world. And I think communities of place are, and, and, and Kurt Kruger was just talking about this, communities of place are important. The path is important. And, and Kurt was was talking about this path, right? It's me, and it's me to we. And in my concept, it's me to we in circle. Then we in community. Then we to all. And nature, as Joni was was saying, nature is what lifts this up in a marvelous way. We don't have to engineer it. It's all there for us. We have to replicate that natural, that natural source, that natural uh, thing. And I'm, I also every time I see Urban Laszlo, I am grateful for the opportunity to be, uh, oh, to be um, excited again about his inspiration that we are moving to holos and holos holos inspired the 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 awakening and will inspire us going forward from me to we to all 
Yeah, absolutely, David. Thank you. What a great way to wrap up this uh, segment. So thanks to Joni and to Charles, to Stan, John, Kurt, and David. This has really enhanced our understanding of the context, the value of this four-day program. Just to remind everybody again, which is available now 24-7 on demand, as linked in the description of this Voice America special at the Voice America show page. So as we've also noted, this series, Humanity's Moment of Choice, is based on the Gold Nautilus award-winning book from the evolutionary leaders, our moment of choice, evolutionary visions, and hope for the future. So let's now take one last break, short break, and listen to this message about the book and its thought leaders from the publisher of our moment of choice, Beyond Words, Simon & Schuster. Hello, this is Richard Cohn, publisher of Beyond Words. We are very honored to be partnering with Simon & Schuster and the Synergy Foundation to bring you a new thought-provoking book for these challenging times. It is called Our Moment of Choice, and it features 43 of the world's most well-known spiritual thinkers, offering practical solutions to the most pressing problems of our time, from economic inequality and social injustice to climate change and spiritual disconnection. Deepak Chopra offers his thoughts on how our inherent wholeness is not a choice, while Greg Braden suggests that we can change our world by first realizing that none of us are separate from each other. Lynn McTaggart investigates the link between altruism and self-healing. Michael Bernard Beckwith, Bruce Lipton, and many others share their thoughts on moving forward in ways that expand our consciousness and benefit the global community. Our moment of choice calls on us all to be the co-creators of a just, unified, peaceful, and thriving world. The time has come for all humanity to be united in purpose. This is our call to action. This is our collective moment of choice upon which our future depends. You can purchase your copy today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Beyond Words, or your local independent bookstore. Welcome back to Humanity's Moment of Choice on Voice America. You've been listening to Ben Bowler, John Raymer, and other activists and thought leader special guests sharing about the message of awakening to humanity's sacred mission, an international symposium and call to action, which is evergreen and available to you to listen to 24-7 on demand at unity.earth under events at Symposium 2024. So we're going to wrap up now by bringing back Ben Bowler and John Raymer, who can now give us some final comments after they've had a chance to hear all of this amazing input from other participants of the symposium. So welcome back, Ben Bowler and John Raymer. Tell us how you would like to wrap up and also about your plans and visions for the future. So Ben. Magnificent. Thank you so much, Kurt. And wow, what incredible reflections and sharings we've had on the program here today. Uh, Just wonderful to listen to all the wisdom and 
and the brilliance that's uh, being assembled here. I think one thing just to reflect on and then, and then looking ahead, um, there's something very fundamental in, uh, in the use of the word sacred for this event and, and the sacred, humanity's sacred mission. And it was really interesting to see, you know, and that word's going to mean different things to different people. Like it's such a, it's, it's such an interesting word. But one thing that was really interesting for me to see from the feedback and then the synthesis of the feedback, uh, even when we were using the real-time feedback with the Mentimeter through in the sessions, it would group it into clusters. And always there was a strong theme about spiritual consciousness, the evolution of consciousness. And it was unambiguous that the community that had gathered uh, were really talking about something that is transcendental. This is not a linear, rational, purely linear, rational transformation. There's something embedded in that which embodies the, the mythic, the mystical, and the cosmic. And that was really clear throughout the symposium. So just wanting to reflect, perhaps that was Irvin's genius in phrasing this as humanity's sacred mission. There could have been a lot of other terms that he used. But I just wanted to underline that because I think it was a key part of the resonance uh, and the coherence and, and all of those groups and individuals which gathered around it um, had their own interpretation of what it meant to be on humanity's sacred mission. And it was, again, much more than just a, a linear, rational, mechanistic approach. So that that was interesting. And to see the, um, in, in a sense, the, the, the clarity of the community that's saying, yes, we're on a spiritual consciousness edge of evolution and we need to upshift we need to make that that jump uh, it was really good to have that clarity because sometimes these conversations are hard to have in a public space because of all the deeply held views that people have around them so i think that was something certainly new and we've crossed a threshold i think in this dynamic and just moving forward with full power now and connected to all of the various sources um that that, that we are carrying and all the lineages so where does it go forward from here uh, well, for, for us, uh, you know, the, the one world has been greatly empowered through this process and has greatly empowered this process. So I think one world is going to continue to grow as a place for people to connect and organize and collaborate. And there are others too. You see the whole movement, which itself is expanding and putting down roots and growing. So there are these as the connection field. There are these spaces that are new, but are really for our time, part of sort of new earth organizing platforms. Um, looking towards the rest of 2024, we obviously have World Unity Week coming up in the middle of the year. And I think there are huge lessons from the symposium that we're gonna to wanna to apply into World Unity Week 2024 and then right through the 99 days. And uh, many of you listeners may know, maybe not everybody knows, but there's major pilgrimages in place for September. And there is a group going to Japan and there are other places that people are congregating as well. We're excited to be reinitiating the U-Day Festival Series, Kurt, in Japan, Land of the Rising Sun for Peace Week 2024. I believe even John Cobb is going to be attending that um, along with many, many other dignitaries, musicians, artists, indigenous leaders, ceremony at Mount Fuji, and then the big global peace concert broadcast from Hiroshima on the International Day of Peace. So that's a lot to build up to, bringing all of the energies, cohesion and synchronicities forward. Our sacred place, as I think we were talking about, several of the speakers were talking about David and John and others mentioned. So having events in sacred space, 
with that strong, powerful connection, partnering with the earth, partnering with the cosmic forces who are the wind at our back. Uh, and so that's coming down the line over the next few months uh, from what I can see. More collaboration, more connection, more utilizing all of the tools, seen and unseen, that we have at our disposal to keep pushing forward uh, through throughout the rest of this year. I think we keep, we've come a long way and we've got we've got a lot, many more mountains to climb. Thank you for this opportunity uh, to come and reflect. It's exciting and invigorating and I really appreciate everyone's everyone's reflections. Thank you, Kurt. Yeah, thanks, Ben. So, John. Yeah, no, thank you, Ben. It's such a privilege to work together, us, all of us here. This is a dream come true. I didn't know how it was going to happen. And I don't know where we go from here, but I'm clear that we've done something significant here. And what a joy. I noticed for myself, because we had such a clear synthesis of all of our thinking, I needed to yield and let go of some of my own ways of thinking about how we're doing things. It goes to what... John, you were talking about, Clausen, I mean, really getting at the change in our behavior and our values. Clarification was very profound. Irvin said, dancing with the planet. And then he act we actually got him dancing. Summer did. I mean, so what is the right thing to do? Maybe we don't know. Maybe it's okay to kind of be in awe of what's unfolding here. And... Um, the limits of the possible have changed. So for me, that's the good news. Now, can we take all of this energy that's emerging here and turn it into follow through with the actions? That's the things that I see emerging that's happening. We're talking about what do we mean by action? We're talking about the new ways of thinking and speaking and acting. And for me, it's agreements. The idea that new kinds of relationships, Kurt and I have written about the architecture of interconnected communities. So how we can stay in touch with each other. We can't be everywhere. We all are limited by our body. It can only be one place at a time. So therefore, how do we stay aware of what's going on? How do we stay committed and supportive in what we're all doing together? For me, these are part of the growing edge of where this is taking us. But I'll never doubt that we can actually hear each other in new creative ways, whether it's in real time or whether we take the time to reflect and give us that kind of feedback because the output of that will really move us and challenge us to be clearer, more concise, more compelling, more to the point because it's so urgent right now. The urgency is part of what's fueling the, for me, the, the joy in this because, okay, those of you who've always said, well, come on, we need to do things differently. We need to act. Well, here it is. Can we continue to keep getting out of the way and letting this emerge? This is our sacred mission. All of our, that's what Irvin said, all of our personal sacred missions is humanity's sacred mission. So that there is a one world where people are putting their missions forward, one world.earth that's supporting all these other platforms and that we are thinking with foresight about these technologies. So we wrote that paper, AI doesn't care, you do. So we know how to integrate these tools in a healthy way. I know we're all having to rethink everything. So what a joy to be here at this moment. The future is not like it was in the past. And we're navigating, hopefully, with foresight and with wisdom. We have indigenous inspiration to guide us, and we have the technology to embrace us as we move forward. And thank you again, Kurt, 
for doing this, for your just steadfast leadership, always showing that we're bigger than the small self. There's a greater self here. And that's what's in our wings. That's what's fueling this canoe. So love wins, but love lead the way. Yeah, amen. And for those listeners who can't see our background here behind John is the big canoe with everybody in the canoe all rowing together. So any last word from you, Ben? Oh, no, I think we've summed it all up, Kurt. I mean, I, one thing I would say is that, and it's really important, is this is space for everyone in the canoe and uh, and in this work. I mean, this is it's really important that this is not a finished uh, platform. In fact, I, we've only just hardly begun. And I think we're looking for how do we get better at connecting uh, individuals out there who, who, who are awakening to their own sacred mission and finding ways to you know, come together and connect and collaborate and figure this out together. This is not something where a group of people have the answers and they're looking to tell everyone else how it is. Um, this is a, a deep, open question. And we're in it to figure it out. And so if somebody feels like they're part of the solution, then I just want to affirm that you are. And how do we find ways to come together to connect and collaborate and and and, and hold this open question of our evolution and our potential together in these urgent times? It's exciting. It's wonderful. It's challenging. It's beautiful. And it's ours to do, as John always says. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And let's find each other. Oneworld.earth, unity.earth, you'll find us. Come and connect. Come to Japan. You know, that's a good way to get involved. There are many different ways. So just, you know, put the antenna up. Let's let's row together. Let's connect together. Let's grow together. Uh, and let's become that global beloved community that we can all feel in our hearts. Thank you, Dr. Johnson. Yeah, well, thank you, Ben Bowler and John Raymer. And thank you, Joni Carley, Charles Betterton, Stan Pachris. John Clausen, Kurt Kruger, and David Curry for joining us for this Voice America special. Let's close with summarizing the goals that this international symposium has identified in this brief summary statement that came from a question that one of the event planners who joined us on this program, John Raymer, asked artificial intelligence about the meaning behind the symposium. His question was simple. If the world is waking up to this sense of sacred mission for transformative change, what would we see? And the list, which is 14 short points, points not only to what we would see, but what we must be committed to making happen. So let's close with those 14 short prompts which were also shared in the description of this special program at the Voice America show page. They are global collaboration and peace initiatives, reduction in conflict and violence, equitable distribution of resources, sustainable environmental practices, cultural and social inclusivity, global health improvements, educational advancement and access, technological and scientific innovation for good, increased civic engagement and participatory governance, psychological and spiritual growth, resilience and adaptability, art and creative expression, 
transparency and accountability in leadership and solidarity movements and activism. So thank you for joining us and please go to Unity Earth and continue to enjoy and be inspired by the message of this symposium. We'll be back to you again on the Convergence in later March. We look forward to telling you about the Illuminate Film Festival, the global leader in conscious film, which will be held in Santa Barbara, California from April 5th to 7th, and then online from April 8th to 14th. So check that out at illuminatefilmfestival.com. And in the meantime, thanks and love from all of us, and be safe and be well. Mm-hmm.